There's a new game that I heard about recently that is directed towards those of us who are technologically addicted. It's a dinner game played among friends. The game is this. When a group of friends goes out to dinner, everyone must put their smartphones in a pile in the middle of the table and then leave them there untouched until the meal is over. The last person to touch her phone gets her meal paid for by the rest of the group. The first person that touches her phone has to buy a round of drinks for the table. Yeah. Now, before you start in on your, but what if the babysitter calls, or my job requires me to, think for a moment about the spirit of the game rather than the letter. It's about presence. Every one of us has been in a meeting or a meal or a party conversation with someone that you know just wasn't paying attention. Maybe it's obvious because he's typing on his phone while talking. Maybe it's more subtle because she's scanning the room from time to time to see if there is someone more interesting to talk to. Either way, it's not a good feeling, knowing that I am just a placeholder until something better comes along. Or perhaps whatever it is that I'm saying is just not interesting enough to warrant this person's full attention just for a few moments. It should be noted here that I am as guilty as the next person. My overfull mind wanders sometimes, often actually, I seek out the distraction of Facebook or email or solitaire. My brain noodles away at the grocery list or my kid's soccer schedule when I should be in the here and now. I'm not proud of it, but I am definitely guilty. I am guilty of not being present. It is hard, and it's getting harder with all the demands on time and attention family concerns, job deadlines, the advertising industry, our own wants and our own needs. There is a lot out there that wants us to pay attention, give a little piece of our time, our energy, ourselves. We are spread thin and stretched out, pulled this way and that in an attempt to cover all of those very important things that need us. The webs and the magazines and the bookstores and the TV shows, they all have great ideas that will help us multitask, ways to help us get more done with our limited lives. And we listen to them, and we do, and we do, and we do, and we do, and we do. And to all that doing, I say, thank you, God, for Psalm 139. In a few minutes, our 13-year-olds are going to stand up here for us, and as part of our Rite 13 liturgy, they will read a portion of Psalm 139. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. This is a God who knows how to be present. This is a God who is present despite all of the distractions of the world, of creating heaven and earth. This is a God who is there no matter how we try to hide. 
This is a God who has every right to be doing something else, to ignore our petty ravings, our thoughtlessness and senselessness. This is a God who has better things to do than be beside us, to uplift and celebrate with us, to mourn and grieve alongside. This is a God who, through mysteries that we will never in our earthly lives understand, can knit us together in just the right way, can protect us from ourselves, can give us the freedom to mess up and to succeed and to be present with us through it all, ensuring that we will never walk alone, even to the farthest limits of the sea. And God does these things in a way that we can't. Did you hear that? We can't. No matter how hard we try, there are ways in which we can't be God. We cannot be everywhere at once. We cannot be everything to everyone. Unlike God, we are limited in our time and in our space. We will never be present to one another like God is present to us. We are given lots of power, though, the most primary of which is the power to love. We possess the power to choose love over apathy and hate. We have the power to fall into love when it is laid before us. We have the power to act on feelings of love, even though there are many, many other choices out there. This impressive group of young people will stand before us in a few minutes and we will walk with them through a liturgy that helps them begin to define themselves as emerging adults among us. You guys know that the more you grow, the older you get, the more you will be given freedom to make your own choices. Choices to learn, choices to ignore, Choices to hate or to love or just not to care at all. There are so many choices that are going to be in front of you. And I'm suggesting to you, to each one of you, and to all of these adults out here that will help you in those choices, that we should choose every time love. It will be a hard choice sometimes. It will sometimes make you unpopular. It will make other people frustrated with you. But it is a choice we are called into as Christians. And one of the most obvious ways for us of showing our everyday love is by being present, being there to those you care about, giving others just a little of what feels most scarce, time, attention. We will never do it as well as this amazing God who knit us together and never leaves us alone. But we can exercise our power of love through the power of our presence. In our Gospel of John this morning, while telling his followers that love is the greatest of the commandments and the most challenging to fulfill, Jesus reminds his followers that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Honestly, most days, I'm not up for that challenge. 
But most days, I could lay down my phone for my friends. Now, I'm not saying we need to toss our smartphones all together, never again answer an email at the same time you're taking a conference call, or go out there and delete your Facebook account. Being engaged in many places of this busy and abundant world is part of what make being it's part of what can make being human so much fun and so fulfilling. Technology can help us stay engaged with one another. It can help us connect with people that we can't physically be near. But it can also drive a wedge between those we can be with if we're not careful. And lest you think I am picking on avid users of technology, know that I am aware that there are plenty of other things we use to distract ourselves from being, being present. Television, work, household chores, that ever-growing to-do list, and all those books that tell us how to do things better. We are, at times, distracted by the material, away from the immaterial. All of these things can be tools, tools to make our lives better when used properly. But, as the old adage says, every tool is a weapon if you hold it right. I think we need to be more discerning about how we use our tools, to be honest with ourselves about how present we really are when it is important. Because the opposite of that person who is checking Twitter while you're trying to talk to her at a dinner party is the person who makes you feel, just for a moment, like you are the most important person at that party who makes you feel like your story matters. That is being present. Being present in that way is one way that we show our love to one another, to those we see every day, and to those who are yet strangers to us. We are imperfect in our ability to be everything to everyone, but we are perfectly able to be present when it matters, to love and to allow ourselves to be loved. We are perfectly able to reflect God to the world in that way. Amen. <laughs>